This is the Rich Eisen Show. First things up, because uh, Stan Kroenke owns the Nuggets. Are you were you mandated to root for the Rams in the Super Bowl, <laughs> Coach Malone? Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm a good company man, Rich. Okay, and, uh, you know I, I was definitely rooting for the Rams, Arsenal, Avalanche, and the, and the Nuggets. I'm all for. That's right. So there's an I in Michael, but you are a team player. The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ryan Leaf. Today's guests: MMQB columnist and former Packers executive Andrew Brandt. Plus, Rich Eisen checks in from the NFL Combine. And now, it's Ryan Leaf. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Rich Eisen Show. I am your guest host for today and tomorrow, uh, Ryan Leaf. I'm joined by my fellow compatriots here. You see them every single day. TJ Jefferson. Hello, world. Right to my right. I'm just lighting this candle, Ryan, you know. Jason Feller, filling in for hey, Mr. Up? Del Tufo on the ones and twos. Wiki, wiki. Got his name right. <laughs> Chris Brockman bringing what up, what up, what up? up the hot corner. Speaking of the hot corner, right? Uh, no baseball. Now, is is this disappointing? I mean, you, you used to be a, a, a baseball fan. Fan, like diehard fan, right? Yeah, you know what? I, I think maybe I still am, but you know, with every passing year, I get less and less kind of into it. And it's because of dumb, you know, dumb stuff like this that happened yesterday with the lockout and not coming to an agreement despite their quote unquote deadline. I mean, they had months and months and months to get something done, to negotiate in good faith. And it seemed like they were only really doing that in the last week or so. And, you know, and you see the commissioner yesterday and he's, smiling and getting photographed practicing his golf swing and man it's really tough to you know be a baseball fan and feel optimistic that there's going to be no meaningful games this year is there a bigger sense to the optics of anything right when you are a commissioner like i i i fully understand how poorly i was viewed with some of the things that i did right like i got suspended my second year in the nfl and I was injured at the time, so it wasn't affecting my playing time. But I went out and played in a flag football game with a buddy of mine. He asked what? me to come play. Yeah. <laughs> I just went out and played in a flag football game. Like, I could do anything I wanted. Like, it didn't matter. <laughs> right. And you right? got hurt? I didn't get hurt. Well, oh. yeah, I rolled my ankle, actually. Oh, okay. So I did kind of get hurt, but I wasn't playing. Um, but, like, now as a 45-year-old and having gone through everything that I've gone through, it is... You just would hate. You know you're being photographed, right? You know people are looking at you. There, you are under a microscope during this process. You know, maybe not smile. Know the moment, right? Know the moment. Yeah. Know the moment you're Read in. Read the room. Read the room. Understand what it's about, and don't behave in in that manner because you just it it looks elitism and it uh, elitist and 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 a problem now. For me, this is affecting me personally, all right? And, and as we know, we bring this full circle all the time, right back uh-huh. to me all How the time. How you, yeah. All right. A, I'm scheduled to go speak to the Chicago Cubs franchise, right? When I do that, it's during spring training. It allows me then to wear the pinstripes, put on the Cubs hat, wear the uniform, participate in a minor league day, Right. Are you full uniformed out? Full uniform out, okay. take BP, play in a minor league baseball game, all of that. Like the coolest thing in the world. And then speak to the you know, the team. So A, that's that's you're taking away this from me because it's probably gonna be a shortened spring training now yep. if they ever get to it. 
And, you know, I'm going to be X'd out of that deal another year. That was supposed to do this two years ago, but then the pandemic hit. All right. So personally affecting me now, uh, Manfred. All right. This is this is important. Secondly, <laughs> every year the Cubs come to town to play the Dodgers at Chavez Ravine, usually a four game series. And I get four tickets, uh, four days of tickets. And uh, I just I sit right by behind the Cubs dugout. And I enjoy every single minute of it, right? And now they're 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 toying with my my off season now too. So you know if there's any more pressure you need, Major League Baseball, <laughs> it's the guy in the blue shirt here on TV telling you to get it right, <laughs> figure it out. If not for them, then for you. If not for them, for me, which is what we know this is all about. All right. Get it. Great show today. Uh, Rich is going to join us. He made reference to something with Mike McDaniel, the new head coach for the Miami Dolphins, about some cl- coaching cliches. There's an opportunity today for Mike McDaniel to come through with that promise. Did you have any cool cliches that you kind of relied on when you were getting interviewed either at Washington State or in the, in the NFL? Wasn't really good at the time with cliches if if anything i said a lot to reporters was probably you're stupid and i don't think that's a a very good cliche Don't talk to me all right don't talk to me all right (laughs) that wasn't the best cliche the cliches that rich wants mike to use right i don't have a crystal ball i don't have a crystal ball i don't have a crystal ball i don't know how this is going to go yeah but i'm going to work my tail off to get it done work my tail off is a good one yep uh it is what it is it is what it is that I, I like. That's like that is a cliche in my life all the time. Like something happens, life isn't fair. It it is what it is, right? I, I can only control me. What's the next cliche that I only can control what I can control. Can only control what I can control. Can't control what you're doing, Brockman. No. I can't control that you're you know, you're a Patriots fan. I can't control that. Oh, it is what it is. It is what it is. And I don't have a crystal ball. ball. I don't know if they're going to win this year. Right. I don't know how good Mac Jones is going to be. I don't have a crystal ball. So we're going to see if all three, the trifecta, will be used in his press conference later today. If so, there is rumors Rumors. that Rich Eisen, who hosts this show from time to time, is going to sprint to the podium and receive a high five from the new head coach of Just the Miami like, Dolphins. Boom, like he drops him. Rich has a counter in his head. One, two, three. Boom. Sprints up there. I imagine there's going to be a large audience on hand for Mike McDaniel. First off, first combine as a head coach and the buzz of this uh, uh, trick that we're doing, this game that we've been playing and cultivating for a week now is going to pay off. I imagine that will garner some type of audience. Well, Rich is going to burst through the crowd. High five. And, you know, maybe just prepping for what his 40 time will be. This is kind of a, a chance for him to get a, yeah. a, a sprint well, to the podium, right? This would be his first training session, I'm imagining. I'm imagining, yes. It's been a hectic, hectic season for... Oh, Rich, Ryan, long season. Long season. Long season. Speaking of the long season, I mean, how... Funny is it that as a fan or as people who cover the NFL, I mean, the immediacy of when you jump back into the next season after the Rams won the Super Bowl title, I mean, it's great. They got the Lombardi Trophy, right? It's this, that, and the other. But, I mean, it's immediate. We're in the combine already. 
we're talking about everything outside of the LA Rams right now. It's kind of like when I was up for the Heisman Trophy. I was at the event. It would have been great to win it and all, right? You have the trophy. You're a Heisman Trophy winner. But I kind of knew I wasn't going to win, and I got to go experience a, a pretty cool night, right? Family was there. Got to go watch Saturday Night Live, bartend at the Town Crier. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Randy Moss is wearing cool sunglasses. Wearing Oakley sunglasses. <laughs> he had to have gotten an Oakley deal out of that. You would have hoped. <laughs> NIL didn't exist back then. Um, speaking of that NIL, I don't know if you guys heard this. Caleb Williams, the new quarterback at the US, at USC for the Trojans, he signed an NIL deal with Beats by Dre. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, Bart. So, Dr. Bef- Dre, big USC uh, donor. Yeah. So yeah. before the USC women's basketball team headed to Vegas for the tournament starting today, Caleb made a little visit to, to um, their facility and handed them all um, Beats by Dre. That's amazing. How cool is that in a way of giving back to, to what you're getting while you're there? Also, really welcoming yourself into a new university, right? Yeah, you just absolutely. got there. So interesting, interesting how you go about That's things, cool. how, you, you know, I assume his old linemen are going to get, um, get those as well, or they better. Well, they're the first ones that should get them. Well, you know, he hasn't been there that long yet. So he's, he's trying. All right. Again, great show today. Andrew Brandt uh, is going to join us. Want to get into the, the Aaron Rodgers talk, right? The more and more we move through this offseason, we get back to where I was last offseason. And I said, he's sticking in Green Bay, right? And the last time I was here, we talked about what this offseason would look like with Aaron Rodgers. And I said, well, he's going to leverage the idea of him no longer playing. I don't foresee a trade coming anywhere because I don't think the Green Bay Packers will do that. Um, and ultimately, Dave Dunn, his agent and athletes first, is going to negotiate the highest paid contract in the NFL for a quarterback, whether that's a two-year deal or a four-year deal. I suspect the two-year deal around $100 million, even though they've talked about him being the highest paid player is not something that that he is necessarily interested in. I do believe he's interested in that. Uh, and, I, and, and I think that they find a way to get below the cap and sign Devontae Adams to the franchise tag. And this team makes a run for it one more time. So Andrew Brandt has always been on the other side of that, especially this year. He's really... He really thinks that 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 uh, Aaron Rodgers could be headed somewhere else. Interested to talk to him a little bit more about that. Um, I also want to get into uh, it with him around the Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray like juxtaposition. Okay, so Lamar Jackson, an MVP, doesn't have an agent mm-hmm. and is heading into his final year of his contract, right, with no extension. Going to play out the fifth year option that they. They got. Would that be different if he had an agent right now negotiating? If he had an agent that would have came out with a statement like Kyler Murray's agent did the other day. And the resume is utterly, what would you say, on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of accomplishment at the quarterback position um, with Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray, after his third year, is looking for that giant extension that was given to Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, uh, J- Jared Goff, those those types of those types of individuals looking for that before their contracts are up. Lamar Jackson heading into a fifth year option, Baker Mayfield another one of those waiting to see what that looks like. So 
interested to hear what he has to say about that. Um, and then the NFL Combine is here. That's where Rich is. is the reason why I'm in front of you right now and, and on your radio airwaves. I am going to relive my Combine experience. Yes. I got a little <laughs> bit of more to this story the other day. I was uh, talking with a friend uh, of, of Peyton and mine, and he told me the story about what Peyton was feeling going into the Combine because I was such a big guy. Um, this story is pretty funny, um, and it, 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 it plays out well. And then all the shenanigans that goes into this. Uh, I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about that story. We tried to get Jim Morris Sr. on the show today. He's on vacation for a week, so we couldn't get a hold of him. I wanted him to tell the story around you know, me missing the, the Colts meeting and, <laughs> and him becoming irate at his press conference the next day. There's a little bit of that uh, uh, mixed into this story, the Lee Steinberg story around whether or not to to miss the the Indianapolis meeting. Um, that's that's a that's a, a whole different story. Um, we have that. Um, we have uh, where are the quarterback quarterback musical chairs essentially? Mm-hmm. How many really will be in different places? Because the big talk last off season was Russell Wilson. And Aaron Rodgers and then Deshaun Watson's name got thrown into the mix when he said, I will no longer play for the Houston Texans, right? What players now, by reason of flirting with that idea or because of their play, will not be with their current team as of now? Um, Ballard, the Colts general manager, talked yesterday, and at no point anywhere did we hear one of the executives or head coach stand up and go, he's our guy, right? He said, this is an evaluation. They can relieve themselves from, I think, $13 million of the cap if they release Carson Wentz before March 18th. So that's coming up pretty quickly. A decision's going to have to be made on what direction this team goes. They've had five quarterbacks in five years, yet have competed every single year, right? They've, they've been competitive in their division, I think it's easier because that division is not as top-heavy uh, with Houston and Jacksonville bringing up the rear right now in terms of play. Tennessee, of course, the number one overall seed last season has been a definite competitor there. So we'll see how that all plays out. Um, but when we come back, I'm going to tell us all about what the compine looks like, is, and what my experience was there Oh, some 24 years ago, when we come back, um, you're listening to The Rich Eisen Show here. I'm Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. Hey, when was the last time you seriously considered your dream? I mean, come on. You used to think about it all the time. What happened? I say it's time and your dream get back together. Think about it. You could live the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. You could tour around all 423 national park sites, two of which are in Montana, by the way, where I grew up, Yellowstone and Glacier National Park. Build a mountain cabin with your dad or start your own business. Really, whatever you dream of. And it's a Mercedes-Benz van we're talking about. So expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. Expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, and an available gas engine. It runs like, well, a dream. 
So what do you say? Head to the Mercedes-Benz van dealership and get that Sprinter. Tell them your dream sent you. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right, welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. Rich is in Indianapolis where he's going to be joining us uh, in hour three here uh, to talk about a few things, in particular the Mike McDaniel press conference that's coming up here soon. But uh, Chris Brockman, uh, you came up with a pretty hey, good poll question that I thought was quite interesting uh, because of uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, so March 2nd, uh, 1962, Wilt did the unthinkable. He scored 100 points in a single NBA game. Uh, Easily one of the most unbreakable records in all of sports. The famous photo of Wilt holding up the 100. We see it now if you're watching us on Peacock. It's unbelievable. And what makes it even cooler is that there's no uh, video of the game. Not that many people were even at the game. uh, But it's been well documented. He did this amazing feat. So it got me thinking this morning about... We're obviously an NFL-heavy show, Combine this week. What's the most unbreakable single-game NFL record? Unbreakable single-game NFL record. So we're going to go. We're going to play the hits. That's our poll today. You know, give us a call, 844-204-RICH, if you want to chime in. Receiving yards at 336 by Flipper Anderson. Sacks in a game. Derek Thomas uh, did, had seven. Norm Van Brocklin, unbelievable in this age of passing, still has the passing uh, single-game record at 554 yards. And then Adrian Peterson for rushing yards, 296 he did not that long ago. So what's the most unbreakable single-game NFL record? For, I, I, it feels like... Thoughts, guys? It feels like the, the sack one. But the one that's lasted the longest is the Norm Braun Bach, uh, Van Brocklin 
passing stat. So that means it's been the most unbreakable. But seven sacks, and you'll have to let me know what game that was because I felt like when I played Derek in 1998 that he got seven sacks that day on me. <laughs> he felt like he was everywhere. He was everywhere. I was planted in the ground many times that, that football game. But, um, you know, you would argue that it's the passing one uh, simply because it's lasted as long as it has. Which is crazy to Which think Which is about, crazy to know, think. All the rules are now are, yep. you know, kind of slanted towards, you know, advantages for the quarterback and the receivers. But like you said, that, that record has stood for, you know, almost 50 years. 50 years. I'm approaching 50 years. Uh, let's see. Derek Thomas did it actually in a loss to Seattle on November 11th, 1990. So that's a 32-year-old record. 1990? 1990 against Seattle. Was he? Is that Dave Craig back then? Stand was he by. a rookie? Second year. Whew. Dave Craig <laughs> got sacked nine times in the game. Statue back there. Steve Largent wasn't getting open. He still threw for 300 yards. Wow. They only scored 17 points. You know, it, the, the recency bias of thinking that, that the NFL is just so much more offensive-minded. Look at this. You go back and you look at a guy who threw it for 300 yards and got sacked seven times, right? So, all right. Speaking of history, all right, you let us know what you think about that. Give us a call. Uh, who should be um, the winner of that record that yeah. will be broken next? Most unbreakable single-game record. What's the most unbreakable single-game record? The most unbreakable Single game record in the NFL. All right. Um, story time with Ryan. Let's do it. Always fun. Uh, combine season, right? Indianapolis kicks off today. Players, coaches, general managers, everybody speaking to the media, to, um, uh, to executives, and then going through the workout process, what that looks like and everything. Back in 1998, uh, I had not decided whether or not I was going to go pro yet after – uh, my Rose Bowl. I was a junior. And the day after that Rose Bowl, I talked to my family and, and decided that, that it was the next step for me was to, to try to play in the NFL. And, um, and when I declared, uh, the invites for the combine had already gone out. So unfortunately, one of those invitees was going to get a, a, a tough phone call. Hey, uh, Sorry, Ryan Leaf declared for the draft. He's, he's invited to the combine. That quarterback that got the call that day? Matt Hasselback. Oh. Boston College. Matty. Sorry, kid. Leaf's coming in. You're headed out. All right? So, unfortunately for him, he didn't get to go. I, of course, was invited. And once I showed up, I had not done what the rest of these young men are doing now or the immediacy of them making the decision to go pro, they get with an agent, their agent sets them up with a training facility and a trainer, nutritionist, all the things, probably a PR person to work out, uh, question and answers and things like that, and they go to work. What I did the day after the Rose Bowl is I flew to Pittsburgh for the New England Patriots-Pittsburgh Steelers playoff game with my agent Lee Steinberg to watch Drew Bledsoe and Cordell Stewart two of his clients play in that playoff game. That's probably a fun trip. Then I went around to some banquet things for the Davey O'Brien Award, ended up in San Diego for the Super Bowl between Denver and Green Bay, uh, appeared on an episode of Arliss, 
um, you know, the banquet circuit is what circuit is what Lee Steinberg called it, right? So when early February came around or early March came around, I had done nothing. I had not worked out. I had not mentally prepared. I just showed up in Indianapolis <laughs> and thought that, you know, I had been told that I was going to be the first or second pick in the NFL draft. What, what did I have to do differently? Yeah. You know, you just, the things you get told. And so I showed up and the story I heard a week ago, um, Peyton and I were there and one of uh, Peyton's close friends who I've become friends with told me a story about how Peyton really during that time span leading up to the, the combine was trying to put on weight, was really trying to put on weight for when he got up there and weighed in because I was such a big dude. And uh, it was something he was worried about. And it's so strange to hear that because I didn't think for a moment that Peyton Manning was worried about one, one iota about me at all. Like, I, not at all. But that's what he was worried about. I showed up. I walk onto that stage. Ryan Leaf, six foot five and seven eighths, 268 pounds. Woo! Woo! Linebacker. Baby. And. And, and it wasn't good weight. It wasn't good weight. Probably twenty five <laughs> pounds over what I should have been. Right now I'm two. Right now I'm two thirty five. So leading right now, bro. So that's what it should have been. Instead, I was two sixty eight. And Peyton looked at his buddy and said, "I can't. I can't do that." <laughs> you don't want to do that either, Peyton. Yeah, by the way, you don't want right. to do that either. Then after that, you go into the drug testing tent, right? And um, and I I couldn't for the life of me. Uh, present a sample. I couldn't. I couldn't pee. I drank like ten bottles of water, <laughs> where I finally was able to uh, give my specimen. We go and do the testing side of everything, right? They measure your hands. Uh, then they take you into the room where you do the Wonderlick test. It, it's it's a. I don't know what the purpose is of it is. A lot of times, you know, you look back at the movie Miracle when um, Herb Brooks gave all of his players that that silly test um, just to kind of see where their mindset is. And I think that's what the wonder lick ultimately is. Peyton and I had similar scores. I think his was 28. Mine was 27. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a deciding factor in anything. It wasn't at the bottom or it wasn't at the top. It was the middle of the road. Uh, and then the rest of the, the week plays out. Now, Peyton and I, we weren't going to do anything. The only thing I really came to do was, and I also didn't understand this fully about the interviewing process when you talk to coaches and you talk to uh, executives and things like that. So um, when I was going through the medical side of everything, uh, the Chicago Bears asked for a uh, X-ray, X-ray MRI on my thumb. I had broken my thumb in high school uh, and I had no issues with it the rest of my career, yet the Chicago Bears wanted me to go get a uh, x-ray on my thumb so they scheduled the x-ray and medical takes precedence over any any meetings you are good to go to uh was it exactly the same time where i was supposed to meet with jim mora and the india indianapolis colts who had the number one overall pick in the draft at that time so i missed it um there's been many stories speculation that i missed it on purpose Jim Morris Sr. was very upset the next day. In his press conference, he talked about how I missed the meeting. 
the politics of all what the politicking that goes on, whether people are putting something out to the press or not. Years later, Lee Steinberg, my agent, would write a book. And in that book, he would state that he had a conversation with me because I was not incredibly interested in going to Indianapolis, that it would behoove me, not that he recommends it, that I miss that meeting. And that never was the case. I know people, I know you're selling books. You know, I, I get it. We just missed it. We missed it. We didn't really comment on it. Bill Polian and Jim Morris Sr. were incredibly upset. My meeting with Bobby Bethard and the San Diego Chargers at the time went really well. Um, I, I, I assume they couldn't have been happy with the fact that I came in overweight. But I immediately, reactionary rather than proactively, got a trainer down in Newport Beach, and I went to work. The day of my pro day, April 3rd, uh, I showed up at a, a, a fit 241 pounds. Ooh, baby. And ready to go. And had what Marty Schottenheimer at the time uh, considered the best workout at the quarterback position he'd seen since Troy Aikman. And um, so I really thought that I, uh, that I was the number one overall draft pick. It didn't mean that I had to be drafted number one overall. I liked the idea of going to San Diego, of course, because of everything that, that it meant, right? It meant money. It meant... California. California. It meant beach. beach. It meant babes, right? All of that. And that's what I wanted. So we let Indianapolis know that I was not interested. I don't know how seriously took it. One of the last times I hosted the show, we had Jim Mersey, the head or the owner of the Indianapolis Colts on him. If you guys recall, I asked him that question. So, Jim, how close was I to be... Uh, to I being a, a Indianapolis Colt. And he said, Ryan, our scouting room was split. I will say this, somebody I trust implicitly in NFL circles that I go to for advice. Uh, I reached out to the night before the draft and he came to me and said, you better draft that Leaf kid. And if you guys recall correctly, I said, boy, I'm glad you, you know, you know glad you made the right choice on this one. <laughs> um, People forget just how even it was. I didn't, I mean, if you read the tea leaves along the way, like the guy that doesn't show up at the biggest job interview of his life prepared, that's probably a very telling sign. The fact he wasn't a captain of his college football team, that's a, that's a pretty big sign. Did any of your teammates attend your birthday parties too or no? <laughs> a little draft day. Thing. Draft, draft, oh. draft day movie humor. Speaking of which, I'm looking at Rich's uh, SAG uh, after uh, after um, Check right royalties here. A lot of a lot of uh, draft day. On a there. lot of draft day stuff. Um, I don't get paid for that, and I get humiliated in it. So how does that work, right? <laughs> you think Jennifer Gardner even knows who the hell I am? When she read the script, she's no like, chance. I can't say this about Ryan. No He's such a good guy. He has no idea who you are. No, let's trash his <laughs> ass. Are, let's go. You are words on, on, on a paper. Yep, yep. Um, no, I, I people came to my birthday party. In fact, <laughs> in fact, my first birthday in San Diego, we threw a little get together uh, at a place called Pasquale's uh, in La Jolla. Uh, I believe the bar tab was $15,000. Um, it was an event. I mean, old Ryan Leaf sounds real fun. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> I mean, I don't look back on any of that stuff and go, ah, I, I, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't have that kind of fun. Like yeah. the Vegas trips, 
I mean, they, I know what they ultimately became. Right. But at the moment. At the, the moment, moment. In the moment. In the moment. It was a hell of a lot of fun. It wasn't <laughs> contributing to me being a better football player in any way, shape, or form. I tell people all the time when I speak, like, money changes you. People go, no, it won't change me. I grew up poor. I grew up in a very frugal family that, that budgeted and everything. Like, money can change you. Right. If what it does is if you have character defects that exist already, they are exacerbated with money. That's what money does. Um, It can be so helpful. But if you are not ready to have it and do the right things with it and be the right person in it, you're not going to have it for long. You're you're just going to blow right through it. And that's exactly what I did, because I just thought success was money, power and prestige. And that's. That's where that's where it was, and that's where I was going, and it all started with the the preparation for this combine, right? I just I was ill prepared for everything that came after playing in that Rose Bowl. There isn't a moment where I look at and I go, "Oh, I did that right," and I look back on it now. And when I talk to a lot of these young quarterbacks when they're leaving college to head to the NFL, I tell them, "You are a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. That's who you are now. Like your brand." is a Fortune 500 company, so you have to act as such. And it's not about the first contra- contract. And with the rookie salary cap, it certainly has become that, right? It's not about that first contract. It's all about that second contract, the extension. And so to get to that, what do you have to invest in? You. You entirely. Like, you don't buy a big mansion. I bought a house or rented a house on the bluffs of La Jolla overlooking the ocean. You, you don't want to leave that house, right? You want to you want to live in a house that you want to leave every day to go to work. So you, you get a place close to the facility, probably have to be gated because you are the, the franchise quarterback now, but it could be a little two-bedroom townhouse. You can move your chef or nutritionist in there with you. And then it's all about football, right? You spend all your time at the facility. Uh, you invest everything you can into your body, and making sure you are healthy through the process. What we've seen in the latter stages of Tom Brady's career, I don't know if you guys watched Man in the Arena. I'm sure you did, Brockman. Have you watched that yet? Uh, not all of it, but it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's so good. It's amazing to hear the, the man speak about his first season when Drew Bledsoe got hurt and playing in that AFC championship and saying, regardless of whether or not I got hurt in that game, the moment was too big for me. I couldn't believe when I heard that. You never hear that from the greatest of all time. Like, like they're always talking about, I was, I didn't shrink from the opportunity. Like, he's like, that moment was too big for me. And the fact that we had Drew Bledsoe right there riding shotgun to take us to a championship is, is so special. Well, this, this, this uh, streaming uh, on ESPN Plus, Man in the Arena, he talks about all his time and everything like that. And what he did later in his career around the nutrition, uh, the wellness, the body health, all that stuff. That's what you invest in. Imagine if that's the case. I hire a chef. I, I hire a PR person that just follows me around. If I don't, the chargers do, right? Just all these things because you invest so much money into it and you become this thing. But you are you, you don't see it, whether we didn't understand it then or, or, or fully and we just... L- lived with the idea of a bust happening every draft. You know, you just like, you know, it's a a toss of the coin, a roll of the dice, whatever way it looks. Um, 
the due diligence that is done now is much different, and I feel like guys are much more prepared and they understand when they go into this league to be this way and understand that. And those that don't, don't, right? I mean, we've seen Dwayne Haskins, what that looked like. You still wonder how the mistakes are still made, but money changes people. Bottom line, it's where we start. Money changed me. I didn't think it would. It changed me. It made me think I was more important. Uh, also, that I'd reached my goal. And people forget at the NFL Combine, what you're trying to do is get to the next stage. The next stage of your profession, of your playing career uh, at football. And so the next three days, the next four days, are all about that. You're going to hear a lot of cliches, which is what you should hear right now. I'd like to hear some vulnerability and transparency, but I understand fully that if you can't answer a question truthfully and transparently, don't answer it. Right? There's no point in that. That's what this is for. And the ability and understanding that what the media does for you during a pres- uh, opportunity like this, it builds your brand for free. This is free marketing. You don't understand how much money it costs to market. We just watched the Super Bowl. There's new revenue sharing uh, going to happen with the money uh, around the TV deals. You have to fully understand what this opportunity is. And I certainly didn't make the most of it. It's a funny story now at 45 hosting a TV show because you have content. But at the time, it didn't, uh, it didn't work in my benefit. I would still go on and be the second overall pick because I was just simply that talented. But at the NFL level, everybody's talented. Everybody who gets to that point is talented. It's what you do with that talent, what you have between the years, and what you do from Sunday to Sunday. So, all right, when we come back, uh, we're going to dive a little bit into um, this quarterback carousel. Or will it be, really? We don't know. This is a Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf. We'll be right back. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. I am not Rich Eisen <laughs> because of what you just saw on Peacock because I got, I got hair plugs. Um, Wait, did you really? No. Oh. <laughs> you got so excited. Well, no, Ryan has, Ryan has amazing hair. So I was just you wondering did. if that was all you or if you got a little help. I think I'm thinning a little bit here. think so. My wife tells me that wow. I am. Wow. I don't think that's very nice of her. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of messed up. Feels pretty thick and luscious right now. <laughs> You know, TJ Jefferson with us here still. Hello. Right? Jason Feller on the ones and twos. What's up, man? Chris Brockman, as always. Um, what it do. Speaking of, of appearance, um, Cage Brockman's second birthday was Saturday. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was. 
and it was exceptional. We got we got the invite, which was pretty cool to be invited yeah. uh, to the young uh, golf phenom's birthday. Must um, be nice. You also have a little one. I do. It, it was kind of for everyone, you know, that's in my life that has little kids. Yeah. We we're just kind of trying to throw a little gathering so everyone can kind of hang out. Together. It was. It was a, a great place. What I didn't expect was um, what your lovely partner would do in making the, the food for the event. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was incredible. So she made, she, by, by hand, she made these biscuits and sausage and cheese um, sandwiches mm-hmm. and wrapped them up individually, even put on the top what they were, you know, sausage, cheese, and... Yeah, yeah, sausage, sausage and cheese, or turkey. We, there were three different ones. Right. And she made a, a, a ton of them. And every time Chris, you know, Chris was being the, the consummate host, making sure we knew where the kids were because it was at a playground and it was all over the place. And, you know, both of them are just, my son and his son are just running all over the place. But every time he seemed to turn around and look at me, I was, I was taking another... <laughs> biscuit sandwich you easily ate a week's worth of calories because uh, <laughs> there was also chocolate donuts i so only was, had one of those so it was like trash truck themed yes my, you, know, my, you know my kid is obsessed with trash trucks so these we got chocolate donuts as the tires and so there was a gigantic i mean like three box three dozen chocolate well, my donuts. four-year-old had three of those by the way yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i um crazy i felt shamed I felt shame at the end of that day uh, in how I um, um, handled myself. So <laughs> I immediately went back on the uh, the food regiment that I've been on for the last year and a half. I had Mark. taken a little time off. We were in London, you know. We, you know, got back home, and when you take your kids out to dinner, or you're eating with your kids a lot. They're like trash compactors. They'll eat whatever they want. Whatever's in front of them. Whatever's in front of them. If they like it, they'll eat it. The nutritional value you know, be damned where for me, if I look at what he's eating and I just, you know, he wants pizza and he only eats two slices. Well, there's eight slices left. What are you going to do? Right. You're going to eat it. So I had, I had to, and I knew I was going to be on TV this week. So it was important. It was important (laughs) that I, that I, that I come around the other end. All right. Got to cleanse, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing that. That sounds, that's Aaron Rodgers. Well, not the Rodgers cleanse. I just mean like a regular LA. That sounds like, like, masochistic punishment of yourself yeah maybe that's the point there's clarity with it i guess i don't know i've started taking cold showers that's really? the, that's the closest thing i've kind of started in the mornings oh like cold showers like cold cold yeah like you like you just turn it on you don't even worry about the to the the heat part of it and you step under the rain and it's how long it's like a minute or the full shower no i do it for i do it for probably about probably five minutes Ooh. yeah Ooh. man yeah, I try to always. Well, not lately, but there was a time I would like end every shower just With for cold? like a minute of just straight cold for oh, your. Man, that's needed to do it when I li- when I lived and played in Tampa because if I didn't, I was just going to be wet and sweating the whole entire day. Yeah, with that well, humidity there. The humidity so. that is one of the things that'll get you. Yeah, this has become. Uh, a show about vanity. I love it. Um, <laughs> well, we all got a shower, Ryan. So yeah. we do. We hope we do. Our goals. Our goals. Dave Felly doesn't. Um, what? The quarterback situation, right? Yeah. Um, many different ideas. I think the biggest two conversations heading into this off season were Russell Wilson once again and Aaron Rodgers, right? And then you know what what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson because. Uh, 
you know, you could argue that that there could be no movement there. Like if there's no resolution uh, on the civil side of things, because there hasn't been a resolution on the criminal side of things yet, which is apparently coming down the pike. If there's a criminal charge here, there's a real chance that that uh, Deshaun Watson isn't again with anybody a year from now. Um, still kept, you know, carrying in all that money um, that he signed that huge contract extension with in Houston. He no, still doesn't want to play for them. Davis Mills appeared to be a guy that stepped forward. Uh, Kyler Murray has emerged, right, because of things he's done. Not around playing the football side of things, but social media, his agent. I'm looking at this press release here that was done in all caps. Um, I don't know if this was purposeful or not, but uh, uh, expressing his desire to be an Arizona Cardinal, but needs to be. What I think's backfiring on him a little bit is this Major League Baseball lockout. Because I really think the only leverage he has is the fact that he could he could threaten that he was going to go back and play baseball. Mm-hmm. And what a poor time. What a poor time for the uh, Major League Baseball lockout to go on Yeah, for not him. great leverage yeah. uh, no. currently for Kyler Murray, but uh, we've been talking about this for a long time since it popped up, you know, Super Bowl week when he scrubbed his social media or his Instagram of the, you know, any photo or anything related to the Cardinals. Rich has kind of basically come to the conclusion that why would you do any of that, put out this statement this week or have your agent put out this statement if you aren't looking for a way out or just looking for cash? So what is your take on how are you seeing, like what is Kyler Murray's plan in your opinion? Is it just about money? Is it just about getting a Josh Allen type deal? Or does he really want out of Arizona? Well, I don't think he fits in anywhere else. I think the perfect fit for him is with Cliff Kingsbury. With what they do. Like, that's the reason he was drafted number one overall. And Cliff Kingsbury was given the job there. It was like a perfect fit. No matter what anybody wanted to say, he was going to be the number one overall draft pick because of that. So, Cliff Kingsbury just gets an extension today. Yep. So, I don't think that Kyler Murray wants to be anywhere else. This team is building in the right direction. He's got the best wide receiver in football to play with. He just wants to get paid. He believes he deserves to have that type of money because of the caliber of player he is. But the resume doesn't tell you that right now. He's been decent. They got to the playoffs, right? But he's missed a lot of time with injuries. He's really declined late in seasons when you need to be at your best. So there's nothing right now for the Cardinals, in fact. This is only bringing them heartache and difficulties and chaos and that's laying on the side of Kyler Murray, and you wish that wasn't the case. But his agent's supposed to do what his agent's supposed to do in terms of getting him the best deal he possibly can as quickly as he can. And I said it just a little while ago. It's about your second contract. And that's where he's at. There's been a few that have panned out that have worked, right? Josh Allen, certainly. Patrick Mahomes, for sure. But there's a few others. Carson Wentz, not with his original team. Jared Goff, not with his original team. Ryan Tannehill, not with his original team. Yep. Those are three examples right there where it doesn't work and where you're saddled with a ton of dead money that is carried through this process. And the Arizona Cardinals, who are trying to build outside of that, love the fact that they could have Kyler Murray on a uh, rookie contract. So uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that here on the Rich Eisen Show. 
Yeah, it's funny, Ryan. You talk about him missing a lot of time. He actually only missed games for the first time in his career last year. Yeah. He missed three games. Yep. It just seems like, I guess, because he's kind of been banged up at the end of the Yeah, season. we could have – we'll talk about that a little bit more. You know, I may have had that mindset. We'll be right back here on The Rich Eisen Show.